This episode of Lore Seekers is brought to you by Manscaped. Gentlemen, Christmas is almost here. Why not treat yourself with something special just for you a little bit early? Visit manscaped.com and use the promo code LORESEEKERS to get 20% off your order and free shipping. That's manscaped.com. I, Sea Voyager, welcome to Eternum, an ancient land of fantastical legends. The Lore Seekers, four of the finest storytellers of the New World, await your arrival. They'll spin ye a tale of mystery and adventure. So grab an ale and rest ye self from your journey across the cursed seas. <laughs> hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome. This is Lore Seekers, the podcast for New World. We are your hosts. I am Jibs, and I'm joined by my good friends from SoCal, California. Cash. Hey, nice to be here, everybody. And from Northern Indiana, my good buddy, same state friend, Jim. What a do, baby. What a do, baby. What a do. And Mr. Texas himself, Solus. Ah, the best for last. I appreciate that, brother. Thanks a lot, man. You're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) Well, for everyone who's tuning in, thank you so much for hanging out. This is episode, I believe, 18. Yep, 18. <laughs> and on this episode, friends, it's going to be a unique show. We've got all kinds of things happening right here on the episode. First things up, we got a very special lore lesson right at the top. It's the biggest lore lesson we've ever done, period. Followed by someone extremely special, Solus, who's going to be joining us. Uh, He goes by the name of Robert Chesney. He's the senior uh, narrative design lead for Amazon Game Studios. He'll be joining us right after the lore lesson. He's the lore master. (laughs) Kind of. Yeah, a little bit. He's the gay. He's the gay. (laughs) Yeah, he really he really has a storied career. Uh, I cannot wait to get into that conversation with him. But he has a breadth of knowledge through several games. Uh, but I won't spoil too much, but <laughs> it's going to be a great, great conversation right after the lore lesson. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, gentlemen, what is going on? Um, well, we uh, we got a little news today. Yes. Yeah. A little bit. That was that was kind of a big deal after uh, after yesterday when everybody was expecting to see some additional snow and some christmas content going on in aeternum and it didn't happen however what a surprise it was today actually it was a it was a huge it was a huge up for us to see that yeah. especially right before you know we were right on the cusp of this show and we were having a little pre-show meeting and talking about it dialing everything in and then blammo tweet went <laughs> out turns out we're getting we got you know patch notes and we are getting the um the event tomorrow so, I think yeah. that's you know what, it's pretty cool. You know what they say: the best prize is a surprise. So that's right. <laughs> Dude, that's have right. you seen? There. Have you seen the notes? That well, of course you've seen the notes because we talk about the notes. But mm. I'm so excited about one thing. One thing. There's new quests for housing for someone who will let JB say his name because Lord knows that's fun. <laughs> and he is building housing out in a turnum outside of cities. And that, if that turns into a thing, how many times you've talked about that, JB? A lot. Let's do it. A lot. A lot. <laughs> a lot. Like a five-year-old, a lot. A lot. Yeah, so much. It's like when, you, so it's like when you, you're in trouble and you know it and you admit it to your dad. How many times did you do it? A lot. 
Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, I I was yeah. able to do something I was pretty proud of this week, and I haven't maxed it out, but in game I was pretty stoked. Uh, I was able to get all but the final quest because you got to go, you had to grind to you know level one hundred fishing. I was able to get mm-hmm. everything dialed in. Just got that one quest left, so I've got my fishing outfit, and I've done nothing but go around and turn them, casting the old reel. Oh, jeez. Excuse me. Just having a little fun. <laughs> I'm like, why are you throwing your reel in the water, bro? Why would you do, you do that? Whole fishing pull in. Just let it go. <laughs> How do you Just even do that? that? He, jumps, he jumps in the water because you can walk. <laughs> and he grabs it and picks it up. You can walk. That's right. That's right. <laughs> because we have lead feet, so we just go right in. We just go right <laughs> after it. We I have rocks we, in our pockets. We do. I think we I think we all really know that that is the true PTR. That's the true patch note that we're all waiting for is the ability to swim. Right? If we're just being honest with ourselves. I feel like it has to <laughs> yeah. come at a point when it's hilarious, like April Fool's. Right. Yeah. April right. Fool's. <laughs> That's right. And you got to think about it, though. I think this is just them giving our immersion that we want, because how the hell are you supposed to swim with a thousand pounds in your backpack? I'm just right. saying, man, it's reality. And and heavy armor as a healer with a with a wooden staff, um, which brings me to my point. <gasps> uh oh! I have a fat shout out to our entire company. I got so much freaking help from folks, and I'm actually going to pull up the list because this this is a, it's a pretty sizable list of shout outs that I have. Oh wow! Um, I I They're ended ready. up <laughs> I ended up getting my my void bent set finished this week. And it happened much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here till Friday. Um, (laughs) Happened much faster than I thought it was going to happen. Because I'm not really a crafter. And it turns out I'm not really much of a gatherer either. So I I got my happy little butt out and started gathering the stuff. And I'm not kidding. Like when I saw the list of stuff, because the folks in our company are so freaking dialed in when it comes to the stuff. Yeah. It's all spreadsheeted and like broken down into exactly what you need. And when I saw that list, I was like, bleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I got to it. Congrats, I, I, man. I, yeah, I, I got to it. And it was a, it was a great effort from a lot of people to give me the extras that they had and, you know, uh, save their uh, Asmodium cooldowns for me and all that stuff. And just they did so much, so much. So anyway, LB Scarecrow, Kraken, Jeffy. Carissian, Stark, Spin, Champ. I know I'm missing some other people here. <laughs> and I know I am. Um, dang. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Oh, that's if I missed, you, if I missed like. you, I'm really sorry. But um, I was so stoked. So super stoked. I feel terrible because I know <laughs> He's going to start crying. Oh, Watch his no, eyes. Lo- Watch his eyes. No, lo- no Loramir helped a ton. Viking helped a ton. <laughs> Um, and I, okay, okay, we're good. We're gonna you didn't prepare good. at all for uh, this, did you? I mean, you should. I, 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 like I had I had a lot of stuff going on this week. <laughs> okay. So anyway, all right. Hmm. So another thing that I, that I that I discovered, and I just dis- really discovered this today because I had been rocking. You know, I'm a healer, right? So I've been rocking my heavy armor for PvP, my as much con as I can get, like all, all that stuff, trying to max out focus and just kind of do all the healy things while I stand in the back. Anyway. I've been rocking the hammer because the hammer gets people to F away from me when I'm trying to do all the wiggly finger Healy stuff. Right. <laughs> and it's, it's been great, but I wanted to try something else. I'm like, okay, well that's maxed out my void gauntlets maxed out that I use for PVE, which 
epic. Please don't nerf it. I know it's coming anyway, but it's okay. Wait, you got a max? Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Dude, oh, that I thing, like I'm sorry. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Dude, for PvE, like for for um, for boosting expertise level and doing it like all those high, high level groups and high level zones, that void gauntlet is sex in your face. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can put down my void gauntlet Say kit. Say it again? What? It's sex in your face. <laughs> That's oh. where you want it. <laughs> you want twenty it. bucks is twenty bucks, man. Up and around your face. So, man, <laughs> man. what's what happening? Missing out on it? I don't know, dude. I don't know. He started it. I don't know. Honestly, no. Side note: This is a fun fact. I don't think there's sex in a tournament. <laughs> there's no, there's no children. They're not there. I'm just saying. That's a valid point. Fact. Where are the kids? We can ask there's, Robert when he gets here. There's Robert, no kids where are yet. The kids? So. Where's the sex, Robert? I need the law on the children. Oh, that sounds weird. Yes. (laughs) Anyway. Look, I have a point to make. You sure? Please. Yes. Okay. I wanted to try something different. So today I was watching, I saw Lamoni on stream today. And I was just watching his stream. We were just rapping a little bit. And he's a healer and he is rocking the rapier. Dude, I've watched it. I've watched you guys play with it. I have not played with the rapier yet. And I started playing with it today. I was like, where have you been all my life? Like every, like every little thing. Like, ha oh, oh, oh. <laughs> It's very French. I slap you in the face. Oh my yes. God. It's awesome, dude. So anyway, I'm in love with the rapier right now. Having a blast. Um, and I really want to try it in PVP. I wa- Get me oh, yeah. the hell out of there. You know, like, oh, yeah. so cool. Yeah, you're going to have a lot of fun with that in PvP, let me tell you. I was in an outpost rush uh, before our server, um, before the yellow left the server, <laughs> the main yellow company. And so where I was in an outpost rush and two healers, I distinctly remember this, two healers literally won the outpost rush for the opposing team. You could not kill them. It took every, You had to have at least three to four people on them just for their health to stay down. Because they just kept coming back up. And they were running a life staff and a rapier. And it was incredible to watch. It was it like it was one of those things where you're like, are, is something happening I don't know about? Like, is this is there like an exploit? It looked like an exploit. It was so good. But oh, yeah. they were just that good. And it was good to watch. And they carried the team to victory. It's pretty cool. So Oh yeah. That that repost. Oh my god, is repost or reposte? I don't know. Is there a little You can't talk about that sword and not say it with some flair. So riposte, regardless. And you gotta give it that riposte. (laughs) There it is. Dude, I used in-game. Go ahead. I like that. No, I was gonna say, I used in-game chat when I first started doing that, and I would yell, Sacre Bleu! Every time (laughs) I did riposte, dude. It makes me giggle. It made me giggle. That is awesome. We, uh... Yeah, so so we launched the season finale of our 2A tournament yeah. uh, this morning. Yeah, so um, our little role-playing uh, endeavor, it's Lore Seekers 2A tournament. It drops every Wednesday morning. Mm. Uh, we wrapped up episode 16, which is our season finale going into the Christmas and the December holiday month. Um, man, and all the tricks were pulled out of the bag everything that jb taught me with audio was applied uh, a little bit of little bit of voice acting a little bit of like editing uh, oh involved but yeah dude uh it was a really good way of just kind of ending the season if you haven't listened to it yet it's going to set up next month perfectly we've got a lot 
to dive into starting in January. Super excited about it. I um, just wanted to give us all kind of that little break getting into the new year, but a lot to look forward to. These three gentlemen uh, will be joining me a lot more uh, in season two. So I can't wait to get to get it under wraps and get it going. So I'm so excited. I just wanted to share that. Yeah. I'm so excited. Thanks for, you, for making me. Thanks for making me cry. Yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah, so this is the first Your eyes are sweating. Time. We don't cry. Yeah, this was <laughs> tough, man. It, it was a tough one. Um, I get really into my writing. I get really into my writing, and this one brings in um, some pretty sensitive topics. I even put a, a disclaimer at the beginning of this show because it does get into some emotional triggering. Mm. Um, but so just be ready for that when you listen to it but man it, it's uh it, it's been getting a lot of good reviews and so for those of you who have reviewed it blessings thank you so much i stay honored um with with all of y'all's feedback but awesome. it's a good one you guys go listen to it uh, stay tuned for next month's that's awesome well i can't yeah, honestly um real quick side note i'm so excited you're going to seasons this is going to be awesome so excited yeah. to see what you what you do there it's you you crushed it there man super proud of you yeah buddy uh well yeah, gentlemen, I, just so you just so you know, real quick, seasons change and people change. Just so you know. That's deep. I'm old. That's really old. deep. Is yeah. there anything else with that or is it just no. that comment? No. No. no the only lyrics I know. <laughs> is that it? Okay. I was waiting for the finish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes best just let him finish. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Well, everyone. Chat says turn, turn, turn. <laughs> Oh dear See? God! Jack gets it. <laughs> oh, Don't okay. empower him, Jesus. <laughs> well, friends, we've got one heck of a lore lesson, and it's a long one, so buckle up. And immediately after the lore lesson, we're jumping right into the interview with Robert Chesney. So, friends, Cash, real quick, what is this lore lesson on before we jump into this? So this lore lesson is going to find, if you've been following our lore lessons before, you know that we do them uh, in a little bit of an RP way um, and bring you the lore through the eyes of my character in game. So this one is going to find uh, Cassius Kilborn in uh, some precarious positions and uh, meeting up with some characters in game that you have already met, most likely. And we are going to be learning a lot about the lost, including some that you might not have heard about ever Ooh. yet. Okay. So you're saying something. Pay new. attention. All right. All right. Correct. Friends, we'll be right back. Uh, we're just going to jump right in the lore lesson. All right. We'll be right back. Lore lesson. The Lost. I don't know if I'll make it out of here. I can hear them scratching, clawing at the decaying wooden door separating me from my likely demise. I had to flee. What in tarnation am I even doing here? Reduced to running from what I can only describe as the undead. Hunkered down in a rotted wooden dwelling in the middle of a farm abandoned long ago. Hiding was my only option. There were too many of them. The shuffling of their unsteady feet upon the wooden floor. The ungodly sounds of their twisted speech on the other side. It's almost as if they're communicating with each other? Developing a plan to find another way into this room. I scan the room 
dimly lit only by the moonlight shining through the broken windows and the beams of dust it illuminates. I can hear them all around me. Is this what it was like for those who used to dwell here? I'd better come up with something, and fast, lest I end up another victim of the lost. Or worse, I find myself among their ranks. From the Journal of Cassius Kilborn, Syndicate Intelligence. What in tarnation was I doing there? I'll tell you. The console had been requested to return to Windsward to handle the rising conflicts between faction leaders for territory control. The Syndicate's wish was to handle the issues diplomatically. But let's be realistic. We're dealing with the Covenant and Marauder leadership. We knew where this territorial conflict would land. While my colleagues dealt with the politics of the situation, I decided to slip out and venture on my own to continue my investigation on the origins of the lost souls scattered around the island. Windsward was a hotbed of immortal activity, so I set out to learn what I could with what little time I had. While exploring the area of Torrent Dawn Cave, I chanced upon a camp occupied by a most impressive woman scholar. A turnip certainly has no shortage of researchers. Lakina Paget Nova was certainly one of them. Brave, I thought, for being this far into the wilds alone. She was foreign, but well-spoken in the common language. Although, we're all foreign in this place, are we not? Miss Paget Nova was impressive indeed. We enjoyed an engaging conversation where she declared the logistics of her visit to Windsward. For science! She proclaimed with a laugh and a heavy Russian accent. She chuckled and continued to describe her current work. The nature of mortality on the island and how it is altered by the Azoth coursing through the very soil beneath us. It becomes quite apparent to anyone traversing the lands of Eternum that one does not simply die here. When you die for whatever reason, you return. But it's how you return that truly fascinates Lakina Pagetnova, and it's what drives her research. The Lost. She studies them. Closely. Well, as close as one can. It's no secret the Lost will pursue you with murderous intent if they catch wind of you. I had a myriad of questions, and I didn't hold anything back from Miss Pagetnova. All of these undead creatures upon the island... They were numerous. They were everywhere. But how does one become lost? What are the differences between the many forms of these demon-like abominations? Do they think? Are they much like the corrupted where they actually have plans, tasks, and a structure of society? And away we went, chatting away an entire afternoon. She shared her research, her stories, and some harrowing tales of narrow escapes from the clutches of the immortal lost. It turns out her research centered around uncovering the stories of the many farming settlements overrun by the lost in the area of Windsward. She sought out the accounts of the survivors, although there weren't many. Good people, just trying to carve out a living in a new land, had been either run out or in most cases invaded by the lost 
and transformed into the very beings they feared most. Miss Paget Nova discovered there were various types of these lost souls. There were, for example, the lost pirates and buccaneers dwelling along the coastlines, all from a time long ago where adventurers braved the seas in search of plunder. But all they found upon Eternum was a cursed afterlife. There are the withered who roamed the ruins of inland farms and villages. Most intriguingly, they seemed to prey upon the human spirit. People who long for missing loved ones. She believes these lost souls are particularly drawn to the friends and family they left behind. She says they hunt these living acquaintances with the goal of turning them too into the lost. A tale Miss Pagetanova was particularly enthralled with was unraveling the tragedy at a settler's village outside of Valor Hold in Edengrove. A community of farmers, one by one, went missing. While those remaining in the village dealt with not knowing the fate of their loved ones and friends, mysterious occurrences began to happen. Sightings of the missing during the night hours, signs of their departed loved ones left for them to see, the growth of strange flowers in the area. One at a time, the villagers ventured out to search, but went missing. As if each of them were lured into the darkness with hopes of bringing their most beloved home. Miss Pagetanova had found a series of journal entries scattered throughout the area entitled The Evernight Letters. The village where she discovered these is now occupied by the lost. Lore page. They are not lost. I shared Annika's imagined tale of seeing Catherine and Adrian with the millwright Elias while we were drawing from the well. I cloaked Annika's tale with scorn, expecting him to shake his head sadly and offer sympathy. Instead, Elias went quiet, not with disbelief, but in that hesitation I know comes from fear of speaking the truth. I pressed him on it even threatened to strike him, until at last he cried out that he had seen them too. They are not lost, he said. They've been coming back, each of them, sometimes to the fields. We see them walking among the flower beds, but gone at our approach. We work in pairs now, for fear of being led off into whatever hell claimed them. I told him that if we were lost out there, we would want to be found. He shook his head. It is bad enough they have come back to us. We should not go looking for them. They aren't our people, our family anymore. They belong to the island. Were the lost souls who now saunter among those fields of the once prosperous little farm actually the humans who used to inhabit it? This would certainly explain why they continued to return. They were once human with lives, family members, dreams, and aspirations, and some of them don't seem to forget it. Whether or not one becomes lost may be related to the way a person dies. Some who die simply return as the withered, an existence filled with misery and anguish as they wander the landscape of Eternum in a zombie-like form, attacking anyone who crosses their path. 
The haunted, on the other hand, are specters of the lost, whose physical body has decayed so much it cannot stay in one piece. Perhaps this is due to the repeated deaths over time? The decayed corpse material simply sloughs off, leaving behind nothing but a spectral form, angry and bitter. Others who may befall a particularly violent death seem to return minus the physical body altogether, a spirit of pure anger and rage. Anyway, there's at least one of each outside this rickety door, I'm sure of it. I suppose I should find a safer place to dissect my research. For now, I'll have to devise a plan to get out of here, lest I join the ranks of the soulless ones. I'll continue my research later. Well, I seem to have made it out of there alive. A blessing of the divine, I'm sure of it. I've had some brushes with death in this vile place. There is no doubt about that. But this one was especially harrowing. A vivid mixture of All Hallows' Eve and the nightmare from which you can't seem to awaken. I made it back to camp by dawn's first light, tired, aching, and in need of a restful sleep. But on this day that refused to relent, my return to camp brought yet another mystery. Lakina sat on a stool near the encampment as I approached. Good morrow, Miss Pagetanova. How was your sleep? I mused, clearly fishing for a return inquiry so that I could spout the tale of my night's encounters. But the sound of my footsteps, nor my voice, could rouse her attention. Instead, she stared off into the early morning dawn blankly, absent. She appeared as if she'd seen a ghost. Miss Pagetanova, I inquired with concern. Are you not well? With her body completely still and without breaking her distant gaze, Akina Pagetanova raised an arm and pointed inside the tent. My focus turned toward the researcher's tent and the red glow emanating from within. I regarded Lakina once more, but my curiosity diverted my full attention toward the canvas shelter. The morning sun hadn't quite crested the mountainside yet, leaving heavy shadows in the valley we occupied, but not in the tent. A glow from within came in waves, a bright crimson brilliance reflecting off every surface in the enclosure, and there it sat, on a table near Miss Pagetanova's bunk. A parchment, a glowing red vapor emanating from its surface. I was astonished, puzzled, overwhelmed. In my travels upon Eternum, I had recovered numerous journal entries, annotations, and crazed ramblings on parchments many of them infused and glowing blue with the effects of Azoth. But red. This I had never seen. Dare I say it appeared... corrupted. I was undoubtedly frightened, but my sense of investigation overtook my actions involuntarily. I approached slowly, but quite willfully. I held my hand over the red vapor, as if testing boiling water before cooking a meal. It was quite warm to the touch. 
but not so warm as to stop me from examining it. As I retrieved it from the table, the red vapor seemed to dissipate in the air. There was indeed a message penned upon it in a familiar language, and it was composed to me. Lore revealed the lost. Killborn, you are quite the inquisitive one. You seek enlightenment, as do your companions. The knowledge you seek regarding the soulless ones lies within your grasp, close, yet leagues far away from the truth. Alas, truth seeker, we have chosen to help you. Lest you don't neglect to return the favor when we call upon you in the time to come. These lost, as you have designated them, have not always dwelled upon Eternum. They first appeared when the Ancient Ones began to explore the properties of the Azoth in the southern swamplands with their machinations one by one they bred human captives into mortal soldiers for themselves soldiers to guard their precious secrets soldiers to fight the rampant corruption on this island <sighs> but some some did not become what they were intended to be some became lost. Lost to the true essence of what it means to be human at all. Thrust into a world of confusion, endless rage, and aimless wandering in search of their former lives. These wretched beings dwell in a state beyond life and death. Some retaining some semblance of intellect, memory, and awareness. Others do not, decaying instead into a mindless husk, an automation endlessly carrying out a set of repetitive actions, perhaps the same they performed in life. Whether they function effectively after becoming lost seems to depend upon a person's willpower and mental fortitude before their death. The process and reasoning as to why a human transforms into the lost is not fully realized. We suspect the soul and its connection to the Azoth holds the key. What is apparent is how an individual's state of mind can determine if they are to simply resurrect or if they are to become lost upon the death on Eternum. The more the human psyche falls into despair. Greed, ambition, or rage, the more accelerated the process of becoming one among the lost becomes. This is the price of immortality we all sought upon this wretched island. What remains clear is the ancients drove it too far. They meddled with the affairs of the gods. The deep connection between the Azoth and the human soul was too tempting for them to simply walk away. We will reveal more, 
Kilborn. Propagate this account as you wish. Pursue us not. We will continue to regard your actions and may emerge again as your journey progresses. I was speechless. The note, unsigned, anonymous, the red glowing mist. The words echoed in my head as, as if they were designed to haunt me. I admit, I was truly terrified. Could this be true? This was more information on the origins of the immortal lost than anyone had gathered to date, at least to my knowledge. Were they truly intertwined with the history of the Ancient Ones? The Azoth upon the island? Somehow, I knew it to be true. One question remained, however. One thing was left unanswered. When these souls leave the human body, where do they go? Are they sent to the abyss? Into the sea? To another plane of existence? Or perhaps the island reclaims them in exchange for this coveted immortality. It doesn't seem worth it. Nevertheless, I intend to continue these inquiries until we have the intelligence we seek. But that will be all for now. I have much to consider, and I'd better go check on Miss Pagetanova. Cassius Kilborn. Hey, Robert, how you doing? Good, man. I'm great. So glad to be here with you guys. I, I did literally race in the door, though. So, uh, California forgive traffic. me if I'm... Yeah, really. I feel I gave, your pain, sir. California traffic is terrible. I gave them a, a little bit of a heads up of what y'all were doing in AGS just to, like, explain the situation. But, Robert, might be a good opportunity. What do y'all have cooking up there in AGS? Are you, are you even allowed to say something? <laughs> <laughs> there's a whole set of things I could say, and then there's a whole probably a bunch more that I couldn't. But I shouldn't um, say, yeah. But yeah, but talking about, I mean, we're still talking about uh, the December release, and you guys have seen a lot of that stuff on PTR. I heard you just talking about it. Yeah, it, it was cool to hear you talking about the snow, because it's one of the things I talk about, too, is like, it's so cool to get into the snowy regions of the game. And it actually takes longer than I wish it did. And, and like, in some ways, we actually kind of push you over towards Restless Shore. And um, we're actually looking at ways like, how can we get more players like to see Great Cleave sooner? Because it's so much, it's so great. And, uh, and Winter Convergence is a great chance because you'll see that uh, you'll see a bunch of new snowy spots all over the yeah. world. I am guessing you guys saw many of those already. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah and we were just, so we we're just talking about how, how expansive this seasonal event is. I mean, there's so much going on graphically quest driven, just like the whole new shop that's coming. There's so much to expect coming out of tomorrow. The hype is, the hype is real going into tomorrow. It's exciting. Yeah. It's a big event, man. It's been a long time in the making and uh, it's cool to see it uh, finally coming to life. Yeah. We were commenting a little bit on the on our last show. We were commenting on the color schemes that the design team went with for Winter Convergence and how it's it is not it's not your your red, gold, and green typical Christmas where you walk in and you you know that's just that's what you see. You see this like American Christmas. This the pastel colors like like some of the earthly tones and. The different colors in this, I think, absolutely nail. And even uh, our buddy Champ here said it last week. It it really does nail. It gives a feel of like a worldwide celebration of the holidays. And it, we, I just like look, going to the PTR and 
messing around with the stuff on the PTR and walking into Windsward and seeing that. I was like a little kid <laughs> on Christmas Day when I walked. Out. I was like, oh, Santa was here. I know he was here. Awesome. Or the Winter Wanderer, as the case yeah. may be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, great, it's great to hear because like that, that was the effort was to make sure we incorporated elements from all different cultures. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of Christmas elements in there, but, you know, we've got the Yeti from you know nepal we've got uh we've got kind of a european feel in the little christmas village there the christmas market feel so it's uh we did everything we can and the story itself is very eternum very you know the the convergence based on the equinox the the solstice um and that sort of tension between a lot of different things the tension between the the cold and the hot the the winter and and all the seasons and uh, and then also sort of embodied in the winter wander is very much the uh, the conflict between human and beast wildness and and uh, and domesticity if you will right right that's yeah. awesome oh, that's awesome yeah. well robert i think we'd be remiss if we didn't give you a proper intro now that you're here uh <laughs> so for everyone who's just tuning in we just finished the lore lesson so we're gonna talk about that here in just a minute but uh for everyone who's here this man is a storyteller in many ways, whether it's video games, comics, video series, and broadcast journalism. He's worked as a narrative director at Ubisoft Singapore, lead content designer at Pocket Gems, lead narrative designer at Daybreak, lead writer at King's Isle. Goodness, Robert. Zen, uh, <laughs> senior writer designer at Zenimax Online Studios for Elder Scrolls Online. Good friends of ours. Uh, senior writer at BioWare and eight years of producer slash writer at CNN. Everyone, we are very proud. We're very honored to officially um, welcome Senior Narrative Design Lead at Amazon Game Studios, Robert Chesney. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's uh, my hearing my resume like that. I'm like, man, I jumped around too much. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're going to they're catch on. Oh, that's right. funny. One of the things that you failed to mention was that was SWOTOR, and that's a big deal. That's yeah, a bit. We years. are big. We are big Swotor fans. That's where I met these yep. two gentlemen. Uh, we spent a lot of time together. We did, you know, content creation for that. I, the story in that game oh, man. was monumental. There is no other game that has a story like that. So, yeah. hey, my my hats off to you. That is amazing because that game nailed storytelling and the mm -hmm. projection of that story. I love that game. So, so thank you, and I, it's a thank pleasure you. to meet uh, you. That's absolutely. awesome. Absolutely. So, yeah, obviously a huge team effort, and, and my contribution was only a part. But uh, yeah, it's uh, I was proud. Put a lot of time, and energy into that so much that I don't know that I, I'm anxious to work on Star Wars again anytime soon. <laughs> Sir, we are, we are we are anxious to absorb you working on Star Wars. We are <laughs> massive. Oh yeah, Star Wars nerds, and we joke about it all the time. Somebody somewhere out there is working on whether it's in their head or on on a on a napkin from a bar. Somebody is working on the next big Star Wars MMO. We know it, and we will be there. <laughs> <laughs> he, looks, he looks off to the side. Sorry, I'm freaking out <laughs> right no, no. I would have no idea, honestly. I, well, I know some things. A few few projects out there, because every now and then you hear about them like being, having worked on a Star Wars project before you hear about another, like, hey, they're looking for people who worked on Star Wars, but... Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. <laughs> yeah, in fact, I don't know if you guys can see the picture up there. I just noticed she's in the background. Hilo Viz was a character I created oh. for, for Star Wars. You made, oh my gosh, I didn't know you made You did yeah. her? Oh my gosh. She's so, so good. 
Yeah, I wrote there was a little. Actually, she was introduced in a short story that I wrote for StarWars.com, which you may or may not have seen, but it was called Smuggler's Vanguard. And it was a story about her, you know, this deal went awry on uh, Corellia and she steals a Jedi starship to escape. And uh, it's just a little short story, but I thought it was a lot of fun and people like the character a lot. So we worked her into some of the timeline video series and then she eventually ended up in the game. Wow. So what you're so what you're saying is we're in good hands here in New World. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you, <laughs> sounds like you come with a breath of uh, you know experience coming into this. That's right. <laughs> oh, I, I hope so. I definitely uh, this this you know feels like a good fit for me. I really love working on New World and uh, and look forward to what we can do in the future. I think you know uh, we've come a long way since I started, but we've got a long way to go to really delivering on obviously uh, the super you know AAA level of storytelling that you saw in SWOTOR and ESO even you know but. We're making a lot of progress and certainly like with lore specifically um, with some, you know, some new folks on the team and, and the folks who've been there all along. Like we've come up with some pretty cool ideas about where we're going. In That's the future. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So you're so invested in game in the gaming industry right now and you have such a varied background, you know, particularly with broadcast journalism. So how did you get in gaming? Like how did what was what was the path for this for you? Like, did, was this something you always wanted to pursue and just, you know, just like finally got to it or, or what? I'll, 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 I'll try to keep, tell the brief version. Um, huge gamer from childhood, man. Like, especially like, I mean, D and D pen and paper stuff. Um, oh. when, when computer games came out, I mean, I played Pong. Uh, that tells you how old I am. But like, so when like <laughs> proper RPG computer games came out on the PC, you know, I started playing those, all the gold box games, stuff like that. Um, when I turned about 15, my focus shifted from video games to girls and other things that 15 year olds get into <laughs> that. Uh, and, and really, it was like, for, I mean, I played a little bit here and there, but I wasn't a huge gamer from like 15 to 22. And then 22, you know, I started to settle down. And that's when I'm like, ah, you know, playing games came back to me. And the first game I played coming back to games at that point was Baldur's Gate. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, I was so like cool. immediately like, oh, that's and honestly, I was I was already at CNN. I studied film in school and uh, I was looking for a good gig where I could tell stories and work in video. And yeah. CNN ended up being the best fit for me because I was back home in Atlanta where I grew up. Um, and I loved working at CNN, but I. You know, the folks at CNN, a lot of them went home at night and watched the news and read the newspapers obsessively. And I went home and played video games obsessively, you know. (laughs) And so it was kind of like, well, maybe this is where I need to go. So it it took me, you know, from the time I made that decision, which was, you know, several years later, probably like 28, Mm -hmm. um, 27, 28. Um, it took me a good three or four years to actually find the right opportunity. Um, and that ended up being Bioware. I went out at one point and pitched a TV show to G4 Television. Um, oh, it wow. seemed like it was going to be Man. awesome. I was super pumped about it. Um, but uh, but that didn't pan out. And I'm glad in the end because a couple of years later, I met Ray and Greg, uh, the founders of Bioware, the uh, the yeah. doctors oh, who were yeah. who were just legends in every respect for me. Um, and, you know, I, I asked them, hey, you know, hey, I would love to you know, maybe talk about getting a job at Bioware. Like, well, you can apply the, the usual way. You have to submit a module using the Neverwinter Nights tool set. And luckily I already played a lot with that. So I made a module in the Neverwinter Nights tool set, submitted that, and they loved it. Um, well, they liked it at least. They liked it enough to, to hire me to come work in Austin on uh, what at the time was going to be a Bioware MMO, maybe a Dragon Age MMO, or maybe a Star Wars MMO. And uh, it turned out being Star Wars. So, wow. So that's how I got into games. Is that wow. Austin, Texas? I just want to be very clear. Is that Austin, Texas? It was. It was Austin, Texas. Yeah. Right yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, Texans. Big Texas. <laughs> so Had what's to. been your favorite genre to write for so far? 
Because, I mean, you've been so, you have such a varied history. Well, I'm definitely a fantasy nerd, but I do love historical fantasy particularly. And obviously, I haven't really worked on that. I mean, I have worked on, you know, some uh, non-fantasy games. Like, I worked on a Walking Dead project that didn't come out eventually. So, um, but, you know, but fantasy is really my thing more than sci-fi. And, of course, yeah. you know, we all know Star Wars is actually more fantasy than it is sci-fi. So, right. um that's why I fit perfectly with that. So I'm always fantasy, but I do love the historical bent. I love the real world tie-in that we have with Internum. It's like, yeah. it's the perfect mixture yes. of fantasy and reality. And it gives us so much opportunity to, to play that I'm 100%. excited about. Right. Yeah. 100%. Right. Yeah. We, it's, it's funny you say that. And I think it's, it's a perfect segue into, into the you know, question. Another question that we have for you is we came from Elder Scrolls. Uh, online, like we covered Elder Scrolls online for for quite a while, and when you have such an established RP or established IP, one of the things that dragged us like directly into New World was that tie and that parallel into our own world. And my so the question that I have for you is: having such a varied history in all of these truly established IPs, I mean, Elder Scrolls Online, you're looking at 25 plus years like a thousand years of star wars um, <laughs> of star wars lore that's out there how is how is it different how is writing writing creatively for a brand new ip how does it differ from writing from a well-established ip well there's uh, yeah, certainly a lot of ways and that's a you make a really smart observation and i made the argument at some studios that hey if you want to introduce a new new ip look at the look at the history Start with a single player game, then switch to a multiplayer game because that's the way you get people invested in an IP. To launch with a multiplayer game where, you know, story is usually digested, you know, it's, it's a smaller part of the experience. It's usually like you're running by it, you know, you, you have to absorb it much faster. It's harder to develop that kind of attachment. Um, so I, I totally agree with that. And that's a great point. Um, I just wanted to call it out. But like in terms of writing for a, for a new IP, um, it's really exciting. I mean, it's really exciting because you get to, I love the blank page thing. I love making up my own IP. I've, you know, I've got a couple novels that I've never finished uh, based on worlds that I created. Um, but being able to set forth, like, here's the pillars of this, of this world, you know, in a turn um, you know, for me, the, 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 key, the core question at the center the heart of this game is what is the price of eternal life? Like, this is the Island where, you know, you come and you get eternal life, but is that a blessing or is that a curse? You know, like is is immortality, is death really the greatest threat we face? Like it's really, it's actually not. Like the, the, the biggest challenges, you know, that most of us face in our day-to-day -day lives don't have anything to do with death. You know, they have to do with, you know, fear. They have to do with corruption. They have to do with like, you know, evil deeds out in the world, right? Like those things are actually in a way much, uh, much harder to grapple with than death because death is just, it's death, it's over, you know? Um, and so I think that's the fun sort of central pillar. And that's, you know, that was already established when I came here, but building off that and then looking at the corrupted and the lost and, you know, these things as, as aspects and manifestations of exploring that question, um, is really, I think sort of where I get super invested and I'm really excited about, you know, as we go over time, like, how are we going to play out these mysteries? How are uh, people going to sort of the audience come to come to learn about the truths about what's really going on in the cosmology here and, you know, and the characters that are going to show up as part of that, obviously like super excited about all the, all the new, well, the existing characters and the new characters we'll be bringing in uh, as part of that. I think one of the things that we, 
we recognized from from a gamer's perspective and from the perspective of somebody who's absorbing what you guys have created and especially from a content creator's perspective because we're we're actively engaged in the stuff and like you know trying to make our content and present it to our folks who are watching is the absolute brilliance of this ip and knowing that it's new and knowing that it's all fresh and like everything that you just framed and said we are so excited for the pure amount of directions you can take the story in a tournament. You can literally take any aspect of world history and drop it into a tournament. And what is a tournament? I mean, a tournament might not be this static place. You know, a, a tournament itself can be a mystery in itself. But diving into the little things like all the hidden little messages and stuff that that were in some of the visuals and diving into where Eternum's located on the map and you know what it could be near and just the pure amount of speculation that is out there from dorks like us and nerds like us that like to like tear that stuff apart is pure brilliance absolute brilliance <laughs> and what's so cool is that you know a lot of it kind of happened by happenstance which is so often the case with great games and great stories is the way they, they evolved from something that they were something different and then through iteration or through trials and challenges they become something else and i think it's really cool the way the story came out the way it did because, you know, no single person and it wasn't like some one person's stroke of brilliance. I mean, it was a series of events that kind of turned it into what it is. And I think, you know, as we evolve it even further, I think it's just going to get it, it's going to mature into something that I think has potential to go on, as you just said, like to the stars. But I mean. To be sure, I also want to make clear that we're not like we don't as much as like we want to play with mystery and like the deep, you know, mythology of the war of the world of all different cultures and stuff like that. We do have a sort of a fixed idea of like where we're going and what the, the you know, what the metaphysics of this world is um, and what the real history is, like who the ancients were, where they came from, where they went to, what they were doing. Like all these things are things that we have. We have pretty strong, you know. We are pretty firm. There's a lot of different theories that we're, we're going to play with over the time, you know, because I think, as you can imagine, like, and you guys are familiar with Elder Scrolls, like, as you go through history, what you find is there's, it's skewed all the time by bias, by the people telling the right. stories. Yep. And that's going to be true on a turn. I'm just like it is in our world where these myths and stories and, and you know, folk, folk legends that have come, you know, from mythology have come through time and... Who knows what the origin, you know, was like, it's like the game of telephone, you know, where the, the story's changed a thousand times. Right. Um, right. So I, yeah, exactly like you, man. I'm just super thrilled. I think uh, there's just so much we can do. You know, with regards to the story, one of the things that I noticed in New World is the prevalence of strong female characters. You know, you have Isabella, you have the Siren Queen, Empress Zhao, Adiana, just to name a few of them. And they're very powerful women. They're very integral to the parts. And can you expand on whether that was done deliberately to give that respect and caveat to, say, the female developers of the industry due to how things have been over the last course of the few years? Was that was that like on purpose? Absolutely. I mean, it, on purpose to the extent that, yeah, we want to represent the world as it really is. We want to re represent diversity in every way that we can and certainly celebrate powerful females as much as we celebrate powerful males and, and everything in between. You know, like it's uh, it's 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 super fun. And so 
I think that is where a lot of our, our uh, female villains came from. Of course, you know, sometimes we look at it and we're like, have we done too many female villains? Like maybe we need to course correct a little bit. But the bottom line, you know, and actually at Elder Scrolls, we had the rule of 50-50 um, at every uh, zone basically had to have 50-50 male and female. And uh, we really kind of pursued the same thing. And of course, we also have all the world's cultures to pull from. So we have all this like, mm. you know, we got to make sure that we have represent representation of characters from all over the world. Um, and I think, you know, as it is right now, we've we've kind of brought them in here and there, but we're going to do it more strategically as we go forward, as we have basically we have better tools for implementing NPCs in the game that are going to enable us to have much more compelling characters. And yeah. Yeah. If I may, if, yeah. if I may quickly just celebrate that the inclusivity that y'all have with this game is is quite remarkable. I mean, I went to Ebenskel, right, for the first time ever and saw this massive Asian, you know, persuasion or this influence. It's just an amazing uh, inclusivity that we don't really get in any other games, uh, at least not to this degree. So I definitely want to celebrate that. That is a huge, uh, huge thing that we noticed that we touched on a couple of weeks ago as well. But um, it's just it's been amazing to kind of see just the openness to that kind of other option that we haven't had in, in games up to this point. Yeah, man, as, as I think, you know, that's very Amazon, right? Like that's that is it is it fits very well with Amazon. And we have the we have the strength to do that, right? We, we have translators all over the world already working for Amazon. So when we send out something to get translated, we get it back pretty quickly. When we want to vet characters or ideas about different cultures, we have we have the people to do that. Um, it's it's really cool. Um, and, and it's great to be part of an organization that I, I believe has um, the intention of being that in the world. So, yeah. 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 Well, a couple of weeks ago we had extra life. It was a huge success. Again, I, I want to say thank you to my three brothers that are on here that helped out as well, but had a really good day, uh, 12 hours worth. Um, and one of the most fun things that we did was this role-playing event that happened in in the depths. Um, and that's kind of the first time we really see like the lore having, Descriptive language, like things that we don't recognize. And it was hilarious to watch Cash try to pronunciate uh, in different characters. It was hilarious. I recommend <laughs> anybody watching to go watch it. YouTube. Uh, but, but beyond that uh, inscription and those lore notes, beyond the symbols that we see on the walls and on doors, can you elaborate a little bit about the many different languages that we see inside of Aeternum? Where do they come from? Well, I know. So they all ultimately, you know, are are derived from a point in history where these groups were formed or deviated from humanity or whatever they came from. Um, of course, and like each of these languages is fully fleshed out. Like it has, I mean, there's a system that you can use to do this. So it's I can't claim that we, you know, we made all this up from scratch. But we, we, they, they are bona fide languages, completely filled out. And we, um, our audio team has actually like first sort of pushed this idea and really put it in. You can hear it in the language of a lot of characters, uh, their combat barks and stuff like that. And then we've added it to lore notes uh, more and more, specifically in the depths and in other places. Um, and yeah, you know, if you can uh, decrypt those, you can uh, you can find some nuggets. <laughs> well, you're talking of four probably of the, the largest nerds when it comes to lore. So I, I, I just I just have to like straight up at. Yeah, I got to yeah, straight man. up ask you, Robert, uh, out of love, guys, out of love. I got to straight up ask you, is there going to be something on like Amazon.com that we can buy to decipher? Is there going to be some <laughs> sort of like, I don't know, just help us out here. Help us out. Yes. 
Is yeah. there a, is there a secret decoder ring that we can get out of a box of Cracker Jacks or something? Come on now. Ovaltine. Oh, Ovaltine. You know, Good. that's a great idea. And you know, hey, that, hey, at least we wouldn't be selling power, right? That would be, that'd be that. There you go. Uh, we're just selling translations. I think that's a great idea. We're going to have to write that one down. I like it. Okay. Can you, are you guys able to translate Arabesh? Like, are you good in that? Are you fluent? Yes. And, and this is why, sir, because there are translators available online for us to be able to translate Arabesh. But there is, okay. I, could, I Googled it. I used the Google box and I could not find a single damn thing to translate <laughs> any of the stuff that's in game. And, and I, I will have you know this. There are a few of us, some of which happen to be in this room right now, who will be on expeditions and running high level content in in uh the shattered mountain and while everybody else is collecting loot and everybody else is getting ready for the next poll <laughs> we are locked in to lore pages trying to figure out what the hell they say so we're no. waiting with bated breath to have some type it's, of secret decoder ring <laughs> it's really just it's it's really just one of us and it's our healer so you can imagine how important that, that is that creates that creates a, a whole problem sure yeah. Uh, yeah, our healers are. Uh, well, you'll see. We're we're uh, we're gonna share out a um, some gameplay of the devs playing the game, and you'll see how our healers worked. Yes, uh, at least in this awesome. one one through Mark Guard. But um, take lessons, Mike. Take lessons. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he can give lessons. So I don't know about that. I like it. It's yeah, so like it. hurtful. I think we'd be learning from you. Um, did you have you guys checked out any of the lore notes in uh, the Winter Convergence event? Maybe. Um, you mean on the PTS? Yeah, on PTR. Yeah, you'd have to oh, see PTR. Saving yeah. myself, sir. Okay. Saving myself. Yeah, I, I highly recommend them. They're super fun. Um, we're yeah, they're part of kind of a. I, I don't know. I just think we, we're we're getting better at what we want to do with lore pages, and so right. I think these represent some of our best and newest stuff. I think one of the funny things about uh, when we are playing cash will be I will see a lore page and I'll call it out to him. Okay, like, hey, lore page, second building on the left, and off he goes. He's off. And. Yeah. When we say we seek the lore, we really do so. We really appreciate some of where you've placed them. I thoroughly enjoy in Reekwater, in the high-level zone, where you hid them in a building behind six people you don't want to fight. Right. And you have to go look for it, hence seeking the lore, right? And I love the fact that you put some out in the middle of nowhere. I love that. And it makes the journey of finding it. I will not use a map on, you know, I won't Google a map for those. I go find them. And even the new content you put out with the Knights, having to go through those camps oh, and yeah. find those lore pages and then put them together. And it's good. It's that is some of my favorite parts of the game. So I just want to say I appreciate that part because that is fun for us to search for it. And it's not just oh. readily available. Yeah, the Varangian Knights are a great example, too. Like that's an that's another of our sort of, you know, latest forays into the way we want to do the lore notes. So hope you guys are enjoying them. Glad to hear it. That's awesome. Oh, and, you know, lore notes, you talk narrative uh in new world and so you know what is what's your favorite piece of narrative that you've been involved you know you've been involved with or like what's the most that you're that you're most proud of oh i know it's like um, picking your favorite child but <laughs> I, right now because of what i'm you know it's uh especially you know you're always working on new content so the stuff that's right. my favorite is stuff that's not out yet right um some of the stuff you know and, and i have to give you know full credit to to all the designers who who've worked on this before me you know uh rebecca uh roast uh john dean like there were a lot of people working on this for a long time bill trost um and so some of the stories that I like best are stories that they developed before I even started. Maybe I helped polish a little bit. 
Um, but Requater is a great example. I love, in fact, I'm wearing my Siren Queen shirt today um, nice because yeah. I love the story of the Siren Queen. I love yeah. the hints in uh, about the lore and about the ancients and the um, and the lost that are embedded in the story of the Siren Queen. And um, yeah, that's probably one of my favorites right there. I'm also, I'm actually proud of some of the like mini stories that you might have seen in the starters, starter zones, like even in Windsward or First Light, like the politics going on between some of the characters there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, we even added some lore notes to kind of tell a little bit more of the backstory of those characters if you found them. I'm not sure. But uh, but yeah, there's um, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of all that stuff. And uh, and again, definitely looking at new stuff. I mean, so another one, a good one uh, in December, we're releasing the uh, the housing quests line. I don't know if you guys know about this, but it's oh, yeah. you know, basically it starts off pretty low level. You can get it, I think, as low as level 10 or 12. Um, and one of your starter settlements uh, meet this architect and he's going to spin this story that kind of, you know, it, it talks a lot about housing. And, uh, and I love the storyline that we developed there. Um, really, really excited about that one yeah. to see how people react. So yeah. on the flip side of that, what's been the most difficult for you to write? Oh, wow. The most difficult. So, well, I immediately jumped to a different project. <laughs> <laughs> tried. We tried. Do tell. The, We're all uh, here, sir. Nobody's here but us. Go ahead. The uh, <laughs> mobile, mobile, mobile games. Mobile games. You know, it's like mobile games have been become such an influence on the rest of the industry. Mm. You know, working on PC console and constantly there's this like, oh, like, yeah, we're doing it the way they do it in mobile. And so, you know, a few years ago, I took the job at Pocket Gems um, and Pocket Gems is an awesome company and they do the culture there is amazing. It's very much like Amazon, uh, really uh, a startup culture, a lot of fun, a lot of great creative people. Yeah. It was a, it was very challenging for me to write in that space. One, just right off the top, there's no VO and I write for VO mostly. Like I like to think about characters talking right. a cinematic, you know, to whatever extent it is. Right. Um, and then I wrote, I worked on episode, which is a romance game. And I loved that part. What was hard for me was writing for the monetization. Like really the only thing that matters mm-hmm. in those stories is teeing up the bits where, Oh, we want you to pay a dollar if you want to, you know, spend the night in his bedroom and like, or yeah. if you want to like take your clothes off and get, you know, and see right. these little romance Whoa. moments. So that was uh, yeah. Titillating for, and uh, you know, <laughs> it's just, <laughs> We see what you did there, sir. Yeah. Oh, the uh, actually, we we definitely are going to be adding more romance to Eternum. Like it's one of the things mm. that uh, I think we don't have enough of. And you know, I mean, I, I often think about like when you look across history, you know, and the things that motivated people. Right? You think of um, the Peloponnesian War and the you know the story of the Troy, the fall of Troy, and it's like, um. <laughs> The, uh, the whole story there with Helen of Troy and Paris, sorry. And that how romance drove that conflict. And um, that, I think, is something that we miss a lot of times. We make it out like the only re- reason people go to war is money or power. But no, people go to war over romance all the time. And it's one oh, of yeah. the, It's probably the most relatable motivation that most people have because, you know, I mean, in yeah. the common world, everybody's got that going on somewhere. So what you're saying is there might be a chance for us to date Isabella. That's what, what? I'm hearing. Oh, there's another not, suggestion that to remember. No. <laughs> I don't know. Well, no? you know what's crazy <laughs> is about using our own history, right? So could Troy show up on the island? Could the Spartans show up on the island and then get into a conflict over romance? Re- maybe they f- she fled. Melahela Troy fled to Eternum to look for Eternum. I mean, that, that could go anywhere. I love <laughs> the fact that it's based around our lore. 
like our yeah. Lord. That is amazing. Marcus, Marcus Aurelius and Cleopatra. Yes. Oh, yeah. who's, to yes. Say, who's to say Da Vinci's not somewhere on a tournament? You know, there's uh, there's so many interesting people that, that could have come here for different reasons. I mean, obviously, in our modern times, we know Jimi Hendrix is there. We know Elvis is there. <laughs> you know, uh, there's no doubt that uh, oh, these yeah. people in our time are from that, uh, have gone there. So who went there in the past? <laughs> so awesome. uh, we'll I love see. it. So confirmed. Elvis, there's going to be kids on a turnum. There's going to be a New World mobile game. Is there anything else you want to confirm or release tonight, sir? <laughs> Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix. I was Jimi trying Hendrix. so hard to play everything close to chess. <laughs> oh, that's good. All right. So, good. so, so one of the things that we are that we've been very, very intrigued with, uh, with the content that you've been able to create, and, and something that we know is very close to your heart, is the story of the lost. Um. Not going to lie, we, uh, we're very, very strategic in uh, doing our lore lesson this week on the lost. Um, but, you know, other things like the corrupt, the story between, behind the corrupted, the story behind the angry earth. But with tonight's lore lesson being around something that's so close to your heart, the lost, as you know, because you wrote it, struggle with being denied their own mortality. That is something that we've really been looking into to find out why how does one become lost what motivates the lost have they lost all of their memory have they completely forgot what it means to be human i know there's a lot of questions that are seeping out of my brain right now but if you could just expand upon your in-depth knowledge of the lost interesting yeah you mentioned the word memory there but of course like yeah, I mean, so, you know, on the surface, as we say, the lost are those who've come back without their souls. You know, what caused them? Like, is it something that, you know, getting killed by other lost causes it? Which is actually, you know, definitely the case sometimes with the corrupted. Um, is it that uh, it's just despair when they run out of hope? Um, is it something that they give into naturally? Or is it something that just happens over time as a result of dying so many times that you just, you lose a little bit of yourself every time? Um, and I think... It's it's some mixture of all of the above without going into too much detail. Like it's uh, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of things that can lead to one becoming lost or contribute to a person becoming lost. Um, but yeah, ultimately, like the idea is that they're still alive, but they don't have that thing that gave them purpose. They don't have their soul. Now, what you know, what I love about the Siren Queen story is that clearly she's regained some of that, or perhaps never even lost it. But why is she able to, as lost? keep some of that purpose and that's a question that you know we're definitely going to continue to explore over time and, and, and actually i mean when you look at Jonas in the um soul warden story like i don't know if you noticed but he's there's a little hint of, of loss to him and i think he mentions mm -hmm. the first time you talk to him like i'm known as Jonas the half lost in some circles yeah. and uh and that's the idea is like how you know he's been around for a long time and you notice he's losing some of his memories so you know it's clearly tied up in all that and a person losing their sense of, of self you know, what, what self really means or is self the soul or is it, you know, right. we, we say the soul, but is that really what it is in the scientific terms mm. uh, will be, there's a lot to explore there. Right. So, so it almost, it almost to me, like in a way, like if you think of uh, fantasy games uh, as a whole and you think of necromancy in a fantasy game where if someone is to resurrect the dead like i'm getting super nerdy deep right here so i really apologize so so when you when you die and you're resurrected through necromancy how 
capable you are as a resurrected typically, and this was like Elder Scrolls lore, right? Typically has to do with how smart you were in life. So if you're a complete dipshit in life, you're going to be a terrible resurrected uh, undead, right? Mm -hmm. And I kind of see it that way. I mean, there seems to be a tie that way with the way that you become lost. And for all intents and purposes, you are becoming kind of zombie-like. So some will come back almost, you know, kind of fully intact, just have that zombie-like look. And they might have purpose. They might not. They might be able to think. There's all these variables that go into that depending on how it's almost like depending on how the azoth wants to azoth is definitely uh, azoth is definitely tied into there i mean and what is azoth right like it's a currency it clearly imbues not just people but items with power in our world and it's clearly related to the soul like we can see that because when we die and resurrect like this azoth thing is involved in the process um what you know what it means because i mean of course you can see that the lost still have azoth but they don't have a soul so you know is it that the azoth has consumed with that what which was their soul and now just powers them um you know there's there's something there that we're kind of unfolding over time but indeed like i think as you say i I don't necessarily think i guess i don't want to give away too much but you're not necessarily it's not necessarily intelligence although that could be a factor in it but it would be Probably, uh, it's, I think of it more as like resolution, courage, determination, like your grit, um, and your, you know, in some ways hope, certainly in the case of like, we definitely have cases where we clearly communicated that people giving into despair have become lost. Mm -hmm. So having hope, whatever, whatever causes hope, whatever gives people hope, um, does that come from within? Does it come from without? Does this come from having a sense of community? Um, there's so many like elements here. And again, like really getting back to that whole thing of like, what is, you know, what does it mean? You know, what is essentially human? What is the human experience? And, you know, death is a big part of it. But when you subtract that from the equation, what's going on? And I think, I feel like we've just scratched the surface in exploring those questions. One of my favorite stories early on in, in New World is the story of, <laughs> you know, Amarine and Simon Gray. And Barkimedes, you know, yeah. he goes into that as a human searching yeah. and then he becomes what he becomes. And it's not the average, right? It's not that average ghoulie zombie like, you know, he's actually large, huge, big, just a, a force to be reckoned with. And I love the fact that you're talking about that. And you can see that at the very beginning of New World, the story of a man being transformed by that into a lost, you know, large being. But one of the things about that that. What well, so I can't take credit for it. Like lost. I said, these the, like, the people came before me who, did who had already kind of established a lot of these core ideas, and we've just kind mm-hmm. of developed them and polished them further. Um, but like, yeah, like certainly, like I mean, the lost resemble undead, so there's inspiration there. But as I often have to remind the team, everybody on a tournament is undead. Like that's not what these are. Um, these are these are beings who've come back to life without their soul, and what what that means, like you know we're going to play with over time. But I mean, yeah, they're, they're certainly inspired by the undead because you see, you know, you see the spirits, the incorporeal, you know, uh, spirits out there. You also see the more zombie like, and then, yes. you know, you have the, the pirates who have clearly a little bit more of a sense of who they were. They've got a, are, are a stronger sense of what they used to do that they seem to keep doing. Um, and then you have those like the siren queen who seem to have uh, a greater sense of purpose. And, you know, one of the things, I mean, if you think back, so when did, when did people start becoming lost? Has it always happened on a turnum? 
you know, like, was it, is this something, you know, that did it happen during the time of the ancients? Um, is it something that they did? And I think there's, you know, there's a lot of, there's some, there's some stuff out there that might hint at that question already. Mm. Um, Mr. Chesney, um, I've, I've been brought upon this podcast to really, uh, to really start asking the, uh, the hard hitting questions. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I, in relation to that, I, I, you know, I have my own theories about when the loss showed up and why, but I have okay. one more heart, harder hitting question. Okay. So these soulless, they, okay. the loss becomes soulless. Their soul is extracted from them in some sort of process. It could be over these multiple deaths that they're having upon a turnum. Where does their soul go? <laughs> well, that, that's a, that's a, that's kind of what I'm saying. Is is the Azoth that's still coursing through them has, I think, and and I guess I'll just say it. Like, yeah, the idea that I that I have in my head about this, the way that it works right now, is that the Azoth that you see that's still in them is basically their soul but it's been mixed in with the soul of the entire world and so there's still some remnant of self deep bedded in that massive you know worldwide ocean of soul you know but it's not really there with them present so that they can access it now are there ways to do that it's kind of like that whole thing you've seen those psychics who can like close their eyes and like transport across the world and stuff like that because they have you know they can tap into the you know uh the unit uh what is it? The, the, uh, unified the field. Oh. Yeah. The unified field. Um, and so like, is, you know, if, if underneath it all, Azoth acts like that, if it's a big pool of whatever soul is again, not saying that soul is, I think we already know that soul is not exactly what it may be considered in some religions. Um, yeah, because you can see, I mean, like, and, and you know, one of the things I like to talk about is like, well, like, look at the spirits. The, the, they don't have a body anymore. They're still alive. They're lost. They don't have a soul. So what the hell is that that's floating there? It's not It's not a body. It's not mm. a soul. So what is it? And so, like, we're suggesting that the soul is actually something else other than the, the spirit or the animus of a person. Mm. So the Azoth, the Azoth within a person, once they die, kind of acts as a placeholder, something to keep them functioning but it's not truly a soul. It's yes. It's, it's, it, it soul is an ingredient in Azoth. How's that? Does that, I like, I like that. it. Fit? I like mm. that. Yep. Mm. Now I'm more confused than ever, but it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. We have, a, we have a long time to figure this out. <laughs> He's so, always confused. It's okay. <laughs> we'll have to work with him later, you know? So if the soul is absent from its, host it almost seems like there would need to be like an underworld of some sorts for that soul to be well i mean yeah so what yeah i mean when you talk about an underworld see that takes on a whole nother like we've, we've talked about what, what would the underworld be in a turnum like or, or is this the underworld right i mean the idea is like i mean from this from the get-go is this eden is it purgatory you know what is this place is this hell i don't know but if we talked about what an underworld would be like in that sense, it immediately becomes like, well, it's, it's clearly not the underworld as it is in many mythologies. It's something different altogether. Right. And I think in my mind, I guess this is a little bit of a hint, like the underworld on Eternum is not necessarily the uh, the place where you would find Azoth. Mm. Oh. Mm. Oh, okay, you said underworld. I was like, oh. <laughs> 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 not, not that we're ever going to go there. <laughs> 
Well, so one of the things that I'm curious about is kind of where we are currently in this, uh, you know, dealing with the loss and dealing with the current war that is happening on Aeternum. So we, we started off with the ancients and the corruption, Right. Um, and if that's where we start, like, I'm, I'm sure I'll have you on again or we'll have Rebecca or Aaron on again. I'm sure we'll have time to discuss the ancients and the corruption. But yeah. the lost, where where do they fit in this like gigantic Armageddon of of a war? Like the lost almost seems like they're kind of this middle ground between the ancients and corrupted. Like, where do they and the angry earth kind of kind of land themselves in this conversation well yeah so certainly the dynamic between the groups is more complex than that and i wouldn't say that the ancients and the corruption predated necessarily anything um mm. like the the thing that the things that are fundamentally at work here existed before even the ancients um you know the ancients just showed up and and did some things that caused some some things to manifest in a way they hadn't before um, but what I would say about the lost is, I mean, one of the things that, uh, I don't know if you guys picked up on this, but it's, it's embedded in some of the quests and is the idea that the lost, because they don't have a soul, they're immune to corruption. So, mm. because it, you know, to corrupt something, you have to corrupt its soul. Mm. So the lost are immune to corruption. So in this conflict, it's really an interesting thing because the, the corrupted are, you know, one of the greatest threats, obviously the greatest threat right now on a turn them. Absolutely. Um, but the lost you know, seem oblivious. And in fact, I mean, there's actually a little storyline in Brightwood where, um, where they kind of find these plans for the, where the corrupted are trying to diminish any threat that the lost could cause to them as they try to make their push south. Interesting. Inquisition. The Inquisition. Yeah. It's, it, well, it's, yeah, it's related. It's in that same Part space. That? So yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not, it's, it's data. It's from modern. So like, it's actually, um, I can't remember the name of the character range. She's a ranger. Um, she's out there. And I think, yeah, as you do the quest for her, you find some notes that indicate that the that the corrupted there are most more concerned than they are uh, about the um, about the humans up in the settlement. They're concerned about the lost that are present uh, in such you know masses in Brightwood. So, so I'll blame it on the liquid courage that I have in my system right now. But let me just let me just straight up ask you, Robert: Can you hint at any? future conflicts is there anything that we can expect in the near term uh, that might come out of what we already know or do you want to drop some hints here ah uh, well i mean <laughs> okay yeah i'll drop uh you know i mean there's hopefully you picked up on some of the conflicts that maybe took place way in the past like mm -hmm. one thing you know that that's that's certain about the ancients you know whether they were aliens whether they were gods like whatever these things were they weren't necessarily unified you know, they weren't, it may seem that way when you look at the ruins, but like, just like any, any group in the world, they're not a cohesive bunch. Um, so there's that conflict and how that conflict from the past might show up again in the future or cause, you know, have set things into motion that are going to show up again. I mean, you could think like wherever the ancients are, whatever they're up to or whatever some group of them may be up to, um, if they've left Eternum, is there a chance they would come back? You know, what would that mean? Um, obviously, you know, I don't know. Would they be on the side of humanity? Would they be, you know, what would they be? And, and, and you know, how would they manifest? Um, but I think, too, another conflict that I would call out, and, and I, I think, you know, one of the conflicts that's present in the story that I think we want to do more with um, is the conflict between the angry earth and 
the player, really. Like the player, as you go through the main storyline, you know, you become a soul warden and then you tap into some of the vulnerabilities of the angry earth in order to fight against the corruption. Um, Adiana obviously is is uh, very hesitant to help you with these things from the start when she gives you the, you know, the seed. And then even later on when you're trying to, um, you know, tap the mother well up in Eden Grove and stuff like that, you really get um, this sense that you're doing something that is not good for the angry earth. And uh, that I think the angry earth as a threat, we haven't seen like what that could fully look like for sure. Mm. So, you know, I mean, suffice to say, we're going to be, you know, there's going to be more conflicts with all these groups, you know, the lost, the angry earth, the corrupted, you know, ancient guardians. Um, but how that shows up and like how, what the dynamics will be. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We yeah. did see a bit of how the angry earth was upset with us when we ran through Genesis and they batted <laughs> us around for a couple of nights. It was painful. <laughs> they definitely don't like that. Yeah. No, oh. that's their, that's their uh, incubator there. We, yeah. we smashed them fools. Don't even worry about that. <laughs> it took a minute. It took a minute. It took a minute. But, you know, one of the things that I've always said about the loss from the very beginning is how complex they are, how complexly simple they are. Right. Mm. You can tell that they're very primal, but I know there's more like the van. I call it the Van Helsing of the mm. group. The way they laugh at you when they diminish the way the souls sound, um, uh, I've noticed that my wife plays with us. And one of the things she said was the sounds are almost makes you sad because you can feel like a release of, of just torment. And I think that gets missed sometimes when you're just rolling through stuff and hit it. So I challenge people all the time, slow down and listen to the sounds. And we talk about the sounds all the time in the game, but not to get took up on a loss. Cause obviously it's one of my favorites too, but what is your favorite character, your favorite thing other than the shirt that you're wearing maybe, but what is your favorite <laughs> What what do you what do you gravitate to the most? In terms of a character or like the group, you know, I mean, whatever, you know, whatever strikes you right now. What 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 draws you to the what is the thing that draws you to this game and makes you feel like it's got that's what I like. What I what I love, um, I love the character of Adiana. She's probably my favorite that's shown up in the game so far. Um, I like the way she's, uh, you know, her true motives and what she really thinks and where she came from and who she is is somewhat of a mystery. Um, I love you know, that kind of a figure and then thinking about how that's related to yet, you know, a whole network of, of other characters that we're going to be introducing over time for me is super exciting. Like I'm really excited about some of the new characters we've got coming up in future content. Um, you know, frankly, like one of the challenges that we had in this game is like the technology to move characters around in the game was something that we didn't have at first. So as you can see, like a lot of characters are just kind of stuck in place and a lot of MMOs way back certainly like that happened all the time yeah um but so you know having characters that can move around move with you follow the character story over time is something that's clearly separates a lot of those older characters from the newer characters like adiana um and yeah i mean I, I, isabella too i think is a fascinating character obviously like she is the deepest and most developed character in our lore right now and uh, that you know the final chapter uh, or the student should say the final chapter the the end of this chapter of the main story is coming up fairly soon. There will be a showdown with the Tempest and Isabella um, someday. I don't know exactly when, but uh, but when that happens, that's not going to be the end of that character. Like there's going to be more with her over time. And like, I'm really excited about where we're going with that too. I think you captured the way to tell a new IP story by bringing huh. those characters with you. And that's one of the things I wanted to say when you said that earlier, the first thing I thought of was Adiana. 
and how she follows you and her story is being told as the expansions come out, as the story goes. Yeah. So I think there's an actual chemistry that you have there that might work there because I noticed that from the beginning on how these characters follow you and how they grow with you. And I think for me personally, being a longtime gamer, I've been playing games ever since I was six on an Atari 2600. Hell this yeah. game, it follows you and it makes you bring them with you. The Motherwell storyline is is masterful because it makes you yeah. grow through not only are you gaining trust with an, a character you know nothing about, but is she gaining? Are you gaining trust, or is she using you? You know, there's so many different variables there. Is she actually a friend, or is an enemy of my enemy my friend? And I love that. And I just wanted to let you know that we yep. noticed that. We yep. caught onto that during the storyline, and I think that is the most impressive way to tell a story on a new IP is to allow them to grow with you, show that growth, and to bring them with you. It's, it's. Yeah. I, I do enjoy that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and, and I have to give a shout out to Chris Holtorf and Samantha Vick, who really worked uh, a lot on that. Um, Sean Dean too, and it's awesome. I think that yeah, they did a great job realizing that and and those quests and that storyline. Yeah, I'm gonna finding, commit it. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, just real quick, finding how uh, how she moved, like you mentioned, how how it was difficult to figure out how to make a character move. Um, that was something that I realized for sure when I was doing our last week's lore lesson on Adiana, where. Because I'll go into game or I'll go into this is like one of my favorite things to do in New World is to go into the game and find these locations and take the in-game footage for the video. And I went back to the original location at the daughter well to try and find where she was. So it was my Azoth bank that figured out that you guys had figured out how to move the characters because my storyline had progressed. <laughs> so I, had, I went from the from the original location at the daughter well and I was like, damn it! And I went all the way back up back to Eden Grove. Is it Eden Grove where she's at? Yeah. Yep. Eden yep. Grove where she was. Hopefully yeah. she was standing still this time and not doing oh, the uh the dance. Sir, I laughed. I laughed my ass off when I saw that. I was I laughed my ass off when I saw that. Uh, I, I took in play. I took in-game video of it. I was like, what is she uh, doing? <laughs> Was she, wait, was she still doing that just a couple weeks ago? Tell me that was fixed. No, it was. It's definitely it fixed. Yeah. And okay. uh, the first time that I found her, I wasn't quite at the point where I was ready to take that in-game footage yet. And I go, they're going to fix this within a couple days. I know they are. And then a patch came out and I was able to record her correctly with. Ah, okay. But yeah, I loved, <laughs> loved her character, though. There was so much mystery to her and you have yeah. to literally earn her trust before she will let you in yeah and like yeah. how long has she been on that's one of my biggest questions how long has she been on the island and if she's because it seems like she's been on the island longer than her body should have allowed her to be on that island yeah and it blows my mind so i can't wait to to uncover well yeah and, and you know we certainly we've talked we talk a lot about like well how you know clearly some people age on a turn i mean we could just say, okay, well, some people show up, they're old, they stay old, some people are young, but uh, I mean, I'm sure maybe you've seen even some lore notes where we refer to some people who, some people age normally when they show up on a turn, much mm -hmm. to their disappointment. Um, right. And then, you know, some people don't, and then some, but, but almost everybody, I think, if you were to see anybody over a period of thousands of years, they're going to age. You know, there's going to be something that you're going to see there, they're not going to, unless there's something obviously very exceptional and magical about them, which they're are definitely characters like that on the tournament. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, but yeah, it's something we, we talk a lot about, like what, you know, and I, I love the whole notion of, 
you know, when you live even just centuries, like the human brain is not designed to accommodate that. Like our memories are not designed to remember 300 years worth of material. And so what happens? Like, what do you, you know, what happens to your memory? What happens to your personality? And then mix in these traumatic moments where you get mauled and ripped apart by a bear only to rematerialize (laughs) a few minutes later (laughs) or your friends, you know, all too often. Your friends get the sense that you're uh, losing hope, and so they bury you underground because they think you might become lost, you know. And so, and then, you know, what what happens to these to these people over this time? Uh, they're not going to yeah. look like, you know, younglings. How do you know that's exactly how I die all the time? How did you know? That? <laughs> <laughs> bears, crocodiles. <laughs> Damn it! You know, it's. Uh, I actually love the fact that you brought up that Isabella, you know, is going to be like a continuous character, um, not to commit the sin of bringing up like Arthas, Wrath of the Lich King, World of Warcraft, but that enables that enable. That you don't know <laughs> Arthas from. <laughs> it's, it's kind of a big deal, um, but no, it, it allows us to look at Isabella with that reverence. It allows us to to think like this has the potential of being New World's Arthas, right? It has the ability to like care for the enemy. And honestly, like I'm not going to lie, like I, I feel connected to her, not because of my joke earlier, but because like there's something more to her and y'all have been able to masterfully narrate that into the story like i care when i fought her uh, hopefully not a spoiler uh, spoiler for anybody when i when i fought her you know at the shipyards um you know it, it, it was i almost didn't want to i didn't want to kill her you know like i like wait no. let's give Not it a couple more expansions Thankfully. let's go you know, yeah right <laughs> right so like like what you're doing uh it, it, and you don't need my affirmation here but what what no. y'all are doing is uh it's, it's incredible that we see yeah. the potential of where this is going oh yeah yeah and the yeah, story and, you know i mean we love you know we love uh getting feedback from you guys from the fans and the forums from everybody like to hear what people are interested in like uh, even on past projects like We've taken that and redirected characters and been like, yeah, people are really, you know, fans of this character. I mean, in fact, you, you may have heard the story um, when uh, uh, Night Seal Republic was first written, like Dave Gator wasn't a huge fan of HK-47. HK-47 ended up becoming, you know, the most popular character in, uh, you know, in the, in the old oh. Republic IP, essentially. So, um, cool. oh, so yeah. you never can tell what characters are going to resonate. It happened to us on ESO, too. Like some characters that we weren't expecting became really popular. Some that, you know, we did expect became popular, too. But um yeah, definitely. Mm, so cool. So cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So as we get on the backside of, of the interview, uh, Robert, you're clearly you've, you've been involved and you and the rest of the team has been involved with a lot of intense writing and just various stories that take place throughout Eternum, you know, all that we've been able to enjoy and we love. So when you're not doing these things, how like how do you decompress? What's Robert doing when he's not writing? When he's not a, when he's not at AGS? What's Robert doing? I play a lot of video games uh, on console, on Switch, on PC. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely my favorite way to decompress: play video games. Period. Um, I love reading books. Sometimes I go through periods where I read a lot of books. Other times I watch a lot of Netflix. It kind of goes back and forth. Yeah. Definitely a fan of uh, overtime, as I think most of us are these days, of TV shows over movies. Which is funny. I get into you know debates with my son over that. He's like, "No, films are the purest form of storytelling." Like, no, I love a good TV show that can go on and on and on and oh, yeah. take these characters for years. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I do all that. I mean, I, you know, I also, you know, I run, I meditate. I've, I've, I have a personal life, you know, I'm married, I have kids. <laughs> um, and you it takes some time, time for one of those? Too. 
what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure, yeah, I think you guys know as well. So, oh, yeah. so uh, you know, oh, you yeah. have to make time for that. And ultimately, like, you know, you, you fantasize about when you're a kid about the legacy you're going to leave on the planet. I'm going to write the great American novel or whatever. But when you have kids, you realize, no, man, that's it. Like, that's the whole <laughs> oh, thing. Yeah. Like, so contributing to the continuation of the human race. These little beings that are going to go forth and multiply further. Like, that's the whole thing. Like, yeah. I don't care even if you're Shakespeare, you know, his descendants, like the blood, that whole oh, thing, yeah. that, that's what matters. Yeah, So, absolutely. What are you playing right now? Um, actually, I've been playing um, Fire Emblem on the Switch for a Ooh. while now. Nice. I love that game. I love the uh, the characters. I love the I love the little the little stories between the characters, and um, I love yeah. also uh, tactics games, turn based side. Probably okay. ma- one of my favorite games of all time is Gladius. And you guys Ooh. play that oh, Lucas Arts? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I loved that game. I'm oh. such a nerd for those games. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I um. Let's see, though. I was also playing um, Metro Exodus recently. Ooh, okay. Um, I've kind of been dabbling with that. I, for some reason, I haven't gotten pulled in all the way. Um, yeah, and then I, I spin up Civilization when oh. I just need to tune out completely. I yes. Is there... Yes. So when you're playing other you know, games from other companies, is there a certain, like, from a story standpoint, is there a certain piece of narrative that stands out to you? Like, whether it's a circumstance or just, like, a type of character? Um, is there something that just, you know, whenever you're going through these games, that's just like, ah, that was good? I think, you know, as a writer and every writer I've ever spoken with, whether it's a book, a TV show, or a game or whatever, the only thing I'm thinking about the whole time is the story mechanics going on in the background and looking at them, thinking about them, the character, yeah. you know, twists and turns. I think, I mean, everybody's engaged with that at some level, but you know, certainly from my, I'm always obsessed with the craft of it. And like, you know, how you, what am I learning from this? Like, Oh, this is so interesting. Like, um, I remember there was, a, there was a, I, this guy stuck with me for a long time and the, um, in dragon age inquisition, there's the character who at the very beginning, he's like, um, what's he's part of the chantry and you know when you come back and you've been marked with a green thing and he's like who is this guy like get the hell out of here like he's such a stuck up you know zealous asshole and then like four chapters later when your city's destroyed and you're marching through the snow and you're a bunch of refugees and like everybody's dying like he has this moment where you see him and he has just a few lines of dialogue but you're reminded like wow as, despite our differences, we were on the same side the whole time. And this guy, everything that he did, and all, even though he was an asshole to me, it was only because he was passionate about the cause. Mm. And then he dies, of course. And then it, just, it really, like, I remember that moment stands out. I mean, there are many others with different sure. stories. But, like, I was like, man, I want to create characters like that. I love that kind of a, a character arc. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I'm always looking for ways to, to, to play with those things again. I mean, certainly every TV show. Huge fan. Did you guys, any of you guys see The Leftovers on HBO? No. Oh, I love The Leftovers. My no. daughter's watching it now, which I don't know if I should be letting her watch it because it's so racy, but it's, um, it's fantastic. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, the premise is that, that three years prior, uh, I think uh, a third to a half of the world's population just vanished in an instant. And the question is, you know, many people believe it was the rapture, and but uh-huh. it's like three years later, and it's like, what happened to society? Ooh, okay, um, cool. And it's a, yeah, it's also, it's a Damon Lindelof. Uh, if you're familiar with him, he was okay. one of the writers on Lost, um, yeah. and he worked on that. Yeah. And then he did the HBO uh, Watchmen series, which I also oh, think, think is a masterpiece. Oh, that was so good. good. Yeah, wasn't it? <laughs> so so yeah, if you like that, you'll like The Leftovers. It's okay. somewhere between Lost. It's I mean, you can see his evolution between Lost, The Leftovers, and yeah. Watchmen. 
Wow, that's awesome. Robert, have you been watching The Wheel of Time? Not yet. I'm certainly going oh. to. I read I read the books up to like book five. <laughs> There's 16 um, of them. So. But I've heard <laughs> great things about the series. It's good. It's good. They move they move the timeline along uh, very quickly. Obviously, it's it's the way that that cinema works when cinema is based on a book. It moves along very quickly. So all those wonderful things that you love, like about book one and all these little tiny details. Yeah, they're blasted right through to get to the main storyline. But it's fantastic like my wife it's good is yeah. not into fantasy at all but she loved game of thrones and she's like yeah. wheel of time is really good like this is kind yeah. of game of thronesy and i was like i told you yeah so that's awesome <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna try that too <laughs> another instance of amazon investing in female characters right the Aes Sedai. Oh. the Aes Sedai oh. is a huge character right oh, yeah she's Phenomenal. amazing yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah yeah totally true yeah the uh that, that reminds me of Dune too, of course. Like that. Yes. Dune. I assume you guys yeah. geeked out over that, man. Yeah, that was oh, awesome. Yeah. Man. Oh yeah. That was good. They they slowed it down. Well, I guess they slowed it down compared to the previous iterations. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. which is nice. Not not necessarily slowed down to the book, but uh right. but yeah. Yeah, I had the same thing with my wife in Game of Thrones. She's she, believe it or not, she has still refused to watch Star Star Wars with me. <gasps> what? Hey, you still got some time. I worked, I worked on it for six years and she what? hasn't watched the original Star Wars with me. Oh, no. Um, yeah. But but you know what? There's something that's like it's it's funny. It's like a weird thing. But she loved Game of Thrones and she loves other shows. I just have to awesome. never tell exactly what it's going to be. That's going to you know, strike her fancy. <laughs> it's interesting. They'll, they'll come through. They'll come through. Yeah, for sure. Robert, I don't think that you could be any more similar to the guys you're talking to in this room right now. Like, we, like right. You, you are one of us. I'm sitting here just going, he's, he's, he's completely one of us. Totally. Absolutely well, yeah. are. I mean, yeah. it's just, it, and it is so refreshing to, to see that the people that are making your game, the people that are, are investing in, um, in the story of what you're absorbing every time we get to log into new world. It is so refreshing to see that you're absolutely one of us in every respect in, in the history of what you've done and your your passion for creating uh, memorable characters and and things that that we are able to absorb. So I'm just I'm just nerding out. Like I'm just I'm so impressed with the similarities that uh, that are here. And I just you know we want to thank you tons. We're not done with you yet though. Well, likewise though. But that's I totally agree. It's uh, it's super cool. And uh, yeah, you guys are awesome. I, I've, I've watched. I haven't watched enough of the Lore Seekers, but I've seen yeah. enough to know that uh, that I can relate to you guys. So I felt comfortable Thank right you. away. And I'm sure that you'll find the same with uh, Aaron and Rebecca and whoever else you talk to from our Can't team wait. because it's a. I mean, I've worked at several game studios now, as you can see, and I haven't worked with a better group of people. It's awesome. Like it's just a fantastic studio and uh, yeah. just awesome people. That's great. Well, we are we're, we're going to respect your time, but we are going to hit you with one final thing before you leave. This oh, is wait, <laughs> hold on. You're not coming he goes, shit. <laughs> he said shit. It's easy. It, it's easy, kind of. But uh, this this is something that uh, that we've done in, uh, in some of the past interviews that we've had. And, and we, we we find that we get a kick out of it uh, as we as we close an interview. But anyway, we're going to. We're going to hit you with a series of rapid fire questions. Dude. Yeah. I, I knew I should have known this was coming. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, so we're, we're not going to, we're not going to time you. Nobody's going to time you here, but you, you have a few seconds to answer each question. You can answer it with, with one or two words or whatever you want, but it just, it just meant we're just going to go down this list and just really find out who you are. And if we, 
if we have uh, the amount of similarities that we think we do have. <laughs> this could ruin okay. our relationship. Right. You, you have no idea. We're going to start easy. May, may surface. <laughs> I speak too quickly. This is where 15 and 22. Yes. There's a black hole there that uh, we don't want to bring that back. <laughs> so this, if there's any demons in there, this is where we're going to bring them out. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Let's get serious. <laughs> All right, question number one. Would you rather spend time at the ocean or in the mountains? I struggle with it, though. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. Kind of over yeah. the ocean. Okay. Well, you know, being near the ocean in San Diego, I really want to go to the mountains or the forest. Mm. Uh, it's really what I want, the forest. <laughs> Get out of the traffic, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the traffic, I have to say, San Diego traffic's not so bad. Going up to Irvine and L.A., sure. But San Diego's, yeah. I mean, this is heaven on earth. I live in Orange County, sir. I feel ah. the pain getting through there. So yeah, totally. Cool. Okay. <laughs> cool. A more here's a more fun question: craft beer or top shelf liquor? Top shelf liquor. Yes. Oh boy, <laughs> knew you were one of us. One of us. <laughs> Great. Okay, so you kind oh, of oh, already water. answered. I'm, go ahead. <laughs> I forgot where that is. Yeah. Oh man, thank you guys. This. There it is. Oh yeah. This awesome. is my Christmas. Yeah, buddy. That's awesome. Yeah, oh, buddy. <laughs> All right, so would you rather relax with a good book or Netflix or just Netflix and chill? <laughs> cool. Okay, so on that same note, what is your favorite book in the entire world? It's a really hard question to answer. Like, there are so many books that I love. Um, I'm obsessed with Murakami. I don't know if any of you guys read Murakami. Like, I love, um, I love Murakami. But, yeah. uh, but really, I mean, if I go back to like the book that meant the most in my development, is The King Must Die by Mary Renault. Oh, nice. Have you guys ever read? It's the story of Theseus. Yes. yes. Um, and it's an Ooh. amazingly personal, in depth, first person uh, perspective of Theseus's life in realistic so terms and he struggles wow. with his faith and like this question of like, am I the son of Poseidon or not? And yeah. like, so if good. you're a fantasy nerd and a, a fan of mythology, it's epic. Wow. Yeah. Highly recommend me, that out. That totally so it completely ties into new world lore. I'm sorry. Like I hate to bring it back around yes. to that, but that completely ties into new world lore. No, but it'd be awesome. too on the nose. If we had Theseus, I mean, the thing is he showed up in Shakespeare. <laughs> so that kind of, I feel like he already got spoiled because he showed up in Shakespeare. <laughs> Maybe though. You never know. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so I think you already answered this one. High fantasy or science fiction? High fantasy. For sure. But I like I like it when, when fantasy has a scientific explanation. And that's, mm. again, why Eternum is great for me. I don't like fantasy for fantasy's sake. I don't like it when it's just like, oh, necromancy is just raising the dead. We don't know how it works. It just does. You use some yeah. foam dust and some angel no. wings. Things happen. Good pull. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something happened. Things Bingo, are bango. happening. <laughs> Okay, so we'll take that one a little bit further since you're since you're uh, since you're fantasy, Lord yeah. of the Rings or Game of Thrones. I mean, so, how do you answer that one? Like, I if I had Lord of the Rings when I was uh, twelve years old, like I wouldn't be anything. That I wouldn't. My whole personality formed when I read that yes. Game of Thrones. When I watched it, I was like, this is what fantasy's been needing for a hundred years. Well, not a hundred years. Since since Lord of the Rings was written, this is what's been I've been needing. And the okay. funny thing, so I didn't read Game of Thrones until when I started at Bioware, it was a requirement that you read Game of Thrones. Mm. Uh, back then at that point there were only three books in the series. But it was re that was required reading. Like go home and wow. read that before you start. That's cool. Um and it hey, was Robert. Like, oh. Yeah. 
Hey, can you go in and finish that book series for us? Ah, somebody needs to. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, you can see though. That's how I get. You know, there's after you see your story realized on the screen, how hard yeah. it, it, I can't imagine oh. trying to write it after that. Yeah, I got a good idea. Let's collectively ask Mr. Martin when that book's going to be done. Yeah, <laughs> but they've already tried. Yeah, he was coming. Would buddy. murder us all. You know. Yeah. Okay, this one this one might be kind of hard. Favorite character from any game, book, or movie? Favorite character from any game, book, or movie? Hmm. You know. See the wheels turning. Besides yeah, Isabella, I mean that obviously. is a tough one. <laughs> yeah. Game, book, or movie? It's totally life or death. Take your time. Yeah, you can hit the pass yeah, button. I mean, yeah, this, this is really hard. Bring in a friend. Bring in a friend. <laughs> now I got to think about this. It's going to come to me. I mean, jo- gosh, I feel like it's a... Jar Jar Binks, Star Wars. Oh, oh God. God. Oh, yeah, I'll take care of him when you leave. I got time. him. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say that. Am I the only one? No. Am I the only I one? Think, I, I feel like this is just too cliche, but I want... I, I, I want to say Minsk, but that's just because he's like, he's such a classic, you know, I, okay. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I like the sort of the loyal, fun friend. I, I was a, in Star Wars. Chewbacca was my favorite by far. Um, and, yeah. uh, you know, Minsk is just such an awesome character and he made Baldur's Gate. Like he's the most memorable character from Baldur's Gate. Yeah. Oh yeah. So from a game, I'm going there. I think I, I could think about it for a long time and come up with a different answer. I'm sure. No, it's that's, a good pull. that's okay. Like, um, yeah. We're totally okay with that one, and I, I promise you, this next one is much easier. <laughs> have to be Boo too, though. Keep, I mean, you know, men's can't come without Boo. <laughs> we'll allow. Space we'll allow. Okay. The next oh. question. Okay. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Yes. Yes. Uh, I, I don't. Thank I, you. I don't. I don't eat it, though. To be sure, I would never eat it. That's gross. But it belongs there. Yes. It definitely belongs. I don't even know what to think. Belongs on pizza. It belongs. Wait, he said. No, he said both feed. sides of that. What's that? He said both sides of that. How do I? Do? Yeah, he's I don't very know. smart. Uh, well played. Well played. <laughs> yeah. Very well played, sir. Cut the feed. Cut the feed. I do like pineapple, but just not on pizza. Mm. Mm. Okay. Well, I like the way it looks, though. It, it looks, you know, when it's one of those things where you see it in the in the thing, and it's got like six different kinds of pies, and you're like, yeah. "I'll take that one," and you go right past the pineapple because I'm not going to eat that. And it's the same thing, like in games. Sometimes I like we have to give players choices just so they can feel better about themselves for choosing the one they choose, <laughs> even though they're going to choose the same one every time. Like I always get. Everybody gets a trophy. Somehow you tied <laughs> pineapple and pizza into gaming. Well done, sir. Well done. Thank you. I didn't see well, that. See, I always give the Paladin path or like, <laughs> you know, in, in, in Mass Effect, I always go Paragon. I, I'm tempted. I'm like, oh, I'm going to play Renegade this time. And then I don't. It's just like every time I play uh, Skyrim, I end up joining the Nightingales. You know, I'm like, this time I'm going two handed heavy or I'm going sh- sword and shield. <laughs> no, I always end up being stealth. <laughs> we talked about that on our podcast at uh, ad nauseum. We yes. talked about that on our podcast. Are we always I'm going to go full mage. I'm going to go. I'm going to go full tank on this on this build. Yeah. And everybody always ends up going through the nightingales and being stealth ranged every <laughs> time. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. So that's okay. the way I feel about pineapples on pizza. <laughs> Couple more here. Oh wow! You, I thought we were done. You, how can it get me? How do I follow that? It gets worse. <laughs> it gets worse. 
The original Hellboy or the remake? Oh, man. You don't want to hear this because I'm not a Hellboy fan. So okay. for me, okay. I'm going to go original. Yes. Okay. I mean, okay. Ron Perlman. We're How can you go wrong? Ron Perlman is, is it. Like he, yeah. anything with Ron Perlman, I'm into. <laughs> We're going to have to agree. Okay. This, this last one uh, is, is no big deal. I mean, um, yeah, we really want you to answer, but uh, what happened to the ancients? <laughs> Don't think about it. Just answer. They're invisible. They're invisible. Okay. The clock's ticking. They, they never left. They're right there. They're just invisible. They moved into a different, you know, vis visual, uh, you know, uh, way. They're wearing ghillie suits. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Perfect. Ghillie suits. There you yeah. go, everybody. Stealth confirmed in New World. Stealth confirmed. <laughs> Got him. You know, Got I em. find that if you if you do crouch down, it's almost like stealth. It's true. That you is know? true. It's close. Yep. Eh. Especially when you're prone in the bushes with a musket. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you, know, you, have to, you have to imagine a little bit, but that's part of the deal. <laughs> right? So good. Oh, yeah. well, Robert, thank you so much for taking the time to, to hang out with us. I know you're super, super busy and all kinds of things going on and things that you're working hard on over at AGS. And quite frankly, it was an honor for us to have you here with us. And um, we really look forward to seeing what, new world produces over the course of you know not just next year but the years to come we're avid fans we love this game we love we see where you're going with it and we're so so excited so thank you so much for being here with us really appreciate it ah thanks for having me and thanks for you know showing up and you know being fans and talking about the game like there's nothing more fun than that uh, for me and for like hopefully for everybody who plays the game uh so i it's an honor for me to be here and i, I would love to fans. come back we <laughs> bigger fans. And one of the things, too, our, our actual community that we have in the game wanted us to also thank you for you. They're typing it in our in our chat. So I want to thank you for them. Yeah. They There is a group of us that do appreciate what you guys are doing, and we and we can see what you guys are doing, the hard work you put into it. And yeah. we talk about it daily. So just know there are those of us who do thoroughly enjoy the work that's been put in this game. Oh, yeah. Awesome. I, I know my team will be thrilled to hear that um, because, yeah, it's a – you know, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, we're hiking up a tall mountain here yeah. uh, from where we are, but we're, yeah, like I said, we can see where we're going and it's beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, friends, thank you so much, everyone who is here on the stream for hanging out. We certainly do appreciate it. And if you enjoyed this episode of Lore Seekers, let us know how we're doing. Leave us your reviews. We want to hear from you. Just like the devs like feedback, we like to hear it as well. Champ, where can they get a hold of us? Well, you can call us at 765-382-6961. Please keep your message at one minute or less. You can email us at loreseekerscast at gmail.com. You can find our podcast, our written lore lessons, and our articles at loreseekerscast.com. Friends, don't forget to follow us on social media. You can follow the show on Twitter at loreseekerscast and Instagram at loreseekerscast. And if you're looking for the show or any of our video content, including lore lessons in video, nice and colorful, pretty format, you can catch us on YouTube. And there is also our role-playing endeavor called 2A Turnum, where yours truly hosts uh, our role-playing story uh, when it comes to our community and how we get involved in 2A Turnum. So please join us there. Our season finale just dropped. Cannot wait to hear what you think of it. Love you all. Thank you so much. Friends, thank you so much, and uh, have a great week in gaming. Great time in a tournament, and uh, we'll see you all next week right here on the show. Take care, everybody.